This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dub Nation. Dub Nation. Dub Nation. The Voice of the Warriors invites you to take your seats. Please take your seats. At the Warriors Roundtable. Bernie Butter. Got it. Welcome to the table. On the exclusive home of your Golden State Warriors. 95-7, the game. Here's Tim Roy. 17,782 for Curry. Dribble drive. Curry goes in, drives the layup. It's up and good. And there he is, Stephen Curry. Now the all-time leading scorer in Warriors franchise history. He shines brighter than the Big Dipper as he passes Wilt Chamberlain into history. Yeah, you think about that. The... Warriors had two players in their history that transformed the game. Will Chamberlain did it in the arriving, of course, in the late 50s down to this, into the 60s with the San Francisco Warriors after they moved from Philadelphia. He averaged 50 points a game. There were three rules that were changed for Will Chamberlain, and, or because of Will Chamberlain, I should say, and he literally forced us to look at the center position in a different way as a scoring. And it was the golden age of centers back in the the 70s and 80s. And Will brought that along. He inspired guys who came after him to be the type of player that he was. And now, now the Warriors back in San Francisco, Stephen Curry breaks the all-time scoring record, and another guy who has transformed the game. The game's different because Steph Curry changed the way we play the game, changed the way we looked at how to score, changed the way we looked at a three-point shot, and just changed the way kids now are preparing for basketball games. They work on their ball handling. They work on their shooting. And, uh, you know, I just can't tell you what a privilege, what an honor it is to, to call his games. And I don't mean that in, in a sappy way. I'm, I'm being – Dead serious about that. It is an honor to watch him play, and he's 33 years old, and, and I think we should all savor this and, you know, remember, you know, where you were in certain moments in his career if you're a Warriors fan. I know it's getting a little melodramatic, but it still gets to the point. He's a superstar, and he's the nicest, most overlooked superstar, underrated player that you're ever going to come across. So my question for you tonight, and we have a great show, great news in uh, for the Golden State Warriors today. We, we heard that Rick Welts is going to be stepping down at the end of the year, which is very bittersweet. He will remain as an advisor, so we're not totally losing him because he is certainly one of the brightest and the best that has ever been, not only in, with the Warriors, but in the NBA. But today the Warriors announced that they're replacing him with Brandon Schneider, and 
Brandon Schneider and, and, and Bob Myers have a similar path. They both grew up in the Bay Area. They both grew up Warrior fans, and now they're working for the franchise. So we'll talk to Brandon. He's going to join us in a little while. He's been with the club since, I believe, 2002. And, you know, just one of the, the those of us, there's not many left of for who were around in 2002 and who went through that time. So he understands. He's a Warrior fan, so he understands what, you know, that five-year run meant. You know, every single bit of it. By the way, 888 Where do you put Curry in terms of Bay Area icons? You can have some text line, give us a call, and uh, we'll uh, try to get to your call in just a moment. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at Warriors Vox. You can email me at TimRoy, T-I-M-R-O-Y-E, at Warriors.com. We'll try to get to as many as we can. Where do you put him under Bay Area sports icons? Where is he on your list? I'm curious to find out now at this point. You know, they won three championships. He's a two-time MVP. He's a franchise all-time leading assist man and all-time leading scorer. I mean, he's building up the resume. He is building up the resume for sure. Warriors head on the road. They're in Oklahoma City. They'll take on the Thunder there tomorrow night. The Thunder are actually in Salt Lake City tonight. They're playing the Jazz. Uh, back-to-back starts tomorrow at Oklahoma City, Thursday at Cleveland. Now, tomorrow, it's it, it's a weird road trip. Five games on the road trip, and there are five different starting times. It begins in Oklahoma City. Tomorrow is a 6 o'clock tip, 5.30 with the airtime on Thursday. It's an hour earlier, 5 o'clock tip, 4.30 of the airtime. And then on Saturday, the Warriors are in Boston, 5.30 with the tip, and 5 o'clock with the airtime when the Warriors – take on the Celtics, and then they go back to their original home in Philadelphia on Monday. That's a 4.30 start with a 4 o'clock pregame. So so keep listening so we can tell you exactly when to tune in for the Warriors on the road. And it's a big road trip, very big road trip for the Golden State Warriors. They have to have this. They have to have this road trip and, and do well on this road trip and to, as Steve Kerr likes to say, to get on that run that he feels they've been so close to. But every time they start to get close to making a run, something happens. An injury, health and safety protocols. They don't close out a game. They, maybe they should and win the game. You know, games like Washington, games like at Charlotte. So, and they wrap up the road trip in Washington. So there could be some payback there. But as before, I get to your comments. Let's get to last night. And I thought there were a couple of cool things last night. First up, we had the pleasure of talking with you know Steph had the duties with national TV. Last night, so we had uh, Draymond Green to come by and, and chat with us for a moment, and I want you to hear that conversation because we not only talk a little bit about Draymond, but I, the first question I asked him was about playing alongside Stephen Curry. Here's Draymond Green on last night's postgame show. You know, Draymond, as you look toward the top of the assist board, and Stats.com has this list of of players that you know team up with another player for their most assist, and you're you're a top the, in the league. You handed out the most assist to one other player, and that, of course, is Stefan. Uh, what's it like as you step aside every now and then to think about your your role in the NBA to, to have been able to team up with this guy for so long? It's been incredible. Um, you know, when I obviously think about my career, uh, I can't think much about my career without, you know, thinking of Steph Curry. Uh, you know, we've done some incredible things together. Um, and, as you know, as incredible... As incredible as it's been to play with him, uh, it's been even more incredible and more special to create a brotherhood, um, you know, that'll last far past my days as a warrior, his days as a warrior, 
uh, my days as a basketball player and his as well. You know, so um, I don't take it for granted uh, being able to step on the floor every night with, you know, with greatness. You look, you know, you look to your left and there's a goat standing next to you. Um, I don't, I don't take that for granted at all. It's, uh, and you know, we have a special chemistry out there. You were looking to score tonight, and you did well. Season high, 18 points, seven of eight from the floor with seven boards, seven assists. Uh, coach told me earlier today at shoot around. Um, you catch the ball, shoot it. Uh, you know, you drive to the hole, score. And um, you know, when, when coach has that type of confidence in me, it, it, you know, it, it helps a ton uh, to go out there and not think and, and just let it fly. Uh, you know, Seth Cooper, who I've been working with, uh, you know, he always tell me when, when you're down and ready to shoot, you make 50 percent of them, and you know, it's just a matter of being ready to shoot. And so uh, tonight. I came out ready to shoot and was able to knock him down. You should have looked Steve in the eye and you should have said, ah, oh, you changed your tune since Oklahoma, huh? Right. <laughs> oh, Start letting him go. <laughs> wow. Uh, does it offend you or does it kind of make you chuckle a little bit that this far into your career, people still think they can post you up? They still think they got somebody who's two or three inches shorter than them and if they just get him down on the block, that they could have some sort of advantage. I can't believe people haven't figured it out by now. But I mean, when, when they do it, do you think, what, what are you doing? Oh, when they do it, I enjoy it. I bet you um, do. You know, I think, uh, you know, guarding the post, that's where you get to be more more, more physical than anything uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, anytime you got to go to the post, that's, that's your chance to bang. So I enjoy it. And saying that um, – Joker's a hell of a player. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's very nimble, you know, so you, you use all your strength to, to stop the back down and he'll start rolling off your body. Incredible player. Um, you know, tough guard. Well, that's the thing about him that most guys don't have, right, is that spin move. He'll use your leverage against you, and most guys don't have that counter. Yeah, well, a lot, most guys don't have that counter. Most guys don't have the touch he has either. No. You know, so even if you get him, uh, you know, I think a few times I did a great job in keeping him, you know, at least – eight to ten feet away from yep. the rim, but his touch is incredible. Uh, you know, to watch him grow in this league, I think he came in with 47 to 49th pick, and to watch him grow, you know, he's a special player. How impressed were you by what the second unit did in the third quarter? Because I thought that was the key to what you guys were able to You guys got that lead. All right, fourth quarter, I should say, Draymond. They came in, not only held it, but they extended it, and I think not only was that big tonight, that's going to be a key down the stretch. It'll definitely be a key. Um, you know, if we're able to build a league, a builder league, you know, we need those guys to to at least keep it. And, yep. you know, when, when your second unit keep the lead, that's all you can ask for. When they extend it, you really got to take advantage of that. And I think we were able to take advantage of it. It made a huge difference tonight. And, you know, those guys, they put the work in. Uh, so it's, it's good to see a payoff for them. And like you said, we're going to need it the rest of the way. Um, but it, it was huge for us tonight. Draymond, congratulations on the win. And, by the way, you're a go-to, by the way. Just so you know. <laughs> Thank you. All appreciate right. it. Thanks, Draymond. That's Draymond Green. You could hear in that, that first answer just how much he cherishes the role that he has alongside Steph Curry. And you think about Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, they're all better together. You know, they, 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 they fit so well. They complement each other. Even in personality, they complement each other. And so uh, that's one of the reasons why. This works so well during the uh, Warriors run. From the 650 on the text line, says right now it's Jerry Rice number one, Steph number two, but when Steph retires, 
he'll be number one. You know, and Tom and I were talking about this in the postgame show last night that, you know, he has a chance to get into the top ten all-time scoring. Top ten all-time scoring. I mean, you know, he's not going to get to Kareem, obviously, but he could get in that, that top ten with reasonable health over the rest of his career because even at the end of his career, depending on how long he wants to play or whether or not he wants to try to join the senior tour in golf, I mean, even when he loses a little bit of the mobility, he could still park himself in a corner and knock down shots. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. And last night, speaking of a guy who could knock down shots, when Steph was getting ready for his postgame presser, uh, the first guy that came on in the postgame presser was uh, the legendary uh, number 17 in the rafters, Chris Mullen. Let's hear part of that conversation. I thought that was pretty cool. Steph. Who said that? Oh. What up? What's up, Molly? Hey, Steph, on uh... – all the former players that you put in your rearview mirror, I want to congratulate you on becoming the Warriors franchise all-time leading scorer. Just an amazing accomplishment and milestone, one of many that you've already accomplished in your historic NBA career, but yet passing Will Chamberlain is just an amazing milestone. Um, I mean, I've watched you from day one, and it's just been a pleasure and a joy to watch you. Um, so congratulations, of course, but more important, I want to thank you for the way you've done it. Uh, the things you're able to do on the basketball court, your work ethic, your discipline, your dedication is unmatched. Uh, your fitness level, which just takes time and, and true leadership, your appreciation of your teammates. I mean, it's just, you bring so much joy and happiness to the world and it's, it's so appreciated. So I just want to say thank you for that. Um, and probably maybe more importantly, Steph, your humility, your integrity, your class, and your grace, that you, the way you carry yourself on and off the court. Um, just a true role model for, for young and old. Uh, so really just want to say congratulations and thank you for being you, Steph Curry. I don't know how much that means, man. I, mm. Appreciate you for the acknowledgement. Obviously, when you get respect from people that have walked the same hallways and taken the same court and understand the ups and downs of what this this league is about, and that means that respect means so much uh, to me and my family, and I uh, I appreciate that. Um, I'm happy to be able to represent everybody that's worn this uniform. Um, you know, the guys that are in the rafters like yourself and it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy to to know uh what tonight meant. So I appreciate that, Molly, more than you know. I just want to say what and getting back to tonight, I mean, so ironic you pass Will Chamberlain with a power move <laughs> and, you flex, and you flex your muscles. It wasn't a three point shot. And then you fin and you finish with fifty three points. So I mean just another amazing performance. I, again, Steph, just uh, your, your on-court performance is amazing, but the way you do it is as amazing. So I just want to say, one, finally, just congratulations and thank you for being you. Have a great night. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I think one night we need to get Molly and Steph to sit down and, and we'll do it from a remote location and do an, an hour of them just talking basketball. I think that would be fabulous. 
here on the Warriors Roundtable. Hey, Dub Nation, we're excited to welcome you back to Chase Center, starting with a game on April 23rd against Denver. That's right, when the Warriors come off this road trip, fans will be in the stands. Many plans for the remaining home games are available now. Go to warriors.com to purchase and learn more about the new health and safety protocols. And let me tell you, the Warriors have been working on this stuff since last March, since the day after the, the league was suspended. The Warriors were already working for this day. So they're ready. It's going to be safe. It's going to be fun. And it's just going to be great to see the fans back in the stands. When I come back, we'll hear from the new president and COO of the Golden State Warriors, plus a conversation with Sam Amick of The Athletic talking about the upcoming playoffs. And that comes next right here on the Warriors Roundtable on your home for Golden State Warriors basketball, 95.7. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Game. Each and every member of Dub Nation has a seat at this table. If everybody would please take your seats. The Warriors Roundtable. The table has returned on 95.7. The game. Now back to Warriors Vox. A look away three. Oh my goodness. That's ridiculous. You've got to be kidding me. Tim Roy. Well, the Warriors 2021 season presented by Kaiser Permanente. We head down the home stretch, you know, less than 20 games left in the in the season and the playoffs starting to come into a view here and the play-in tournament is also a big factor those are some of the things we chatted about with Sam Amick of the Athletic a longtime correspondent covering the NBA and one of the all-time best here's our conversation we had earlier today well Sam you know we're coming off a night last night where a lot of things happened at Chase Center so I'm going to ask for your perspective on the, the two biggest things that came out of that game. One was Stephen Curry passing Wilt Chamberlain, something I never thought would happen in my tenure as a Warrior announcer. You just assumed that all the scoring records were going to stay belonging to Wilt, maybe other than three-point shooting. But, uh, you know, Stephen Curry, Tom Tobert and I were talking the other night that Stephen Curry has a shot at, uh, at, at getting into the top ten all-time 
in NBA scoring. If he stays reasonably healthy, he could do that. Yeah, incredible night, and obviously two polar opposite kind of highlights and lowlights. I mean, the, the Steph situation in contrast, Tim, with the uh, the Jamal Murray injury. But when it comes to Steph, you know, I mean, we run out of superlatives. Uh, if I'm being honest, my friend, I really miss covering him in person. If, if you ask me to put together a short list of kind of things I'm missing about the job right now, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly remote until we get back in the gym for media purposes. Um, so, you know, watching him on TV last night, it was captivating. And it's not the same as, not, as being in the arena, but my God, the, the swagger he had in the first quarter and that mentality that he obviously decided to go out and, and take care of that record as quickly as possible it was just so much fun to watch. And you saw the, it had a little bit of, of everything that makes him great. It had some of the edge that, that sometimes still doesn't get appreciated when Compazzo was, was, you know, channeling Matthew Della Vadova from back in the day and, and <laughs> acting as if, you know, the way to get under Steph's skin is to be kind of that rat terrier type defender. And, and that doesn't work. That ticks him off and, and he just got roasted. So fun to watch. I do feel like, and I know that, you will uh, respect this little tidbit on the side. We got to make sure that that we continue to give the Wilt the the praise he deserves. Because as as crazy it is, as it is that Steph passes him, you know, you go back and you look at it, and and it's about three hundred more games Absolutely. that it took yeah. Steph. I mean, and I looked at the per game average today, actually. I mean, Wilt averaged forty one and a half points a game with the Warriors. <laughs> forty one and a half. And Steph is about twenty four. Um, so I think both things can be true. We can say how transcendent and great Steph is and make sure that we, we have a hat tip to Wilt as well. Oh, uh, I I think Wilt is probably the most underappreciated uh superstar that sports has produced in this country. I, I'm I'm a big Wilt guy. I think it's you know, you think about that, forty one a night for the Warriors. You know, he has a bad night, gets 31. Well, he has to get 51 the next night to, you know, make up for that. It's like it's right. it's crazy to think about. And the other thing is is that if a full box score had been kept when right. he was playing, he'd own the blocks record. He he would have, you know, more assists. It would, it would be just be ridiculous. 100%. I was going to say, and you can probably relate to this too, sometimes it's people in our lives who are not necessarily basketball fans who give us good – outsider perspective so my wife uh, i mentioned to her last night you know she's met steph she likes steph and, and so she i told her about the record and and about how she uh, steph passed wilt and her first question was oh okay well is it like the same amount of games and i was like no no very different and she, she you know she kind of gave me this look like all right well good job steph but you know this wilt <laughs> guy sounds pretty incredible <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah good for her good for her that's that's a that's a great question it's an outstanding question the the other part is a, is a sad part jamal murray goes down um and uh, maybe with it the hopes of the nuggets of getting to a western conference final or or a, a championship round you know how how big of an injury is that do you think uh, to the western conference I think it's huge. Um, I just feel terrible for him. You know, I, I wouldn't pretend to know him intimately, but he has got a great reputation around the league. My dealings with him have been really good. Uh, when I was in the bubble, uh, we had a long conversation about how well he was playing in the bubble, but more specifically about, you know, the way he had locked in. And we, you know, it was kind of a, a crazy thing. He talked about how during that time he was taking five hour naps, like four or five hour naps to 
to basically just focus on the craft, block everything else out, and, and go be the best basketball player he can be. But then, you know, when he goes and he scores 50 against Utah and has that amazing face-off with Donovan Mitchell – uh, and then has a, a riveting, passionate, really memorable interview post game with Jared Greenberg of the TNT and, and NBA TV. Uh, it showed you more of who he was as a guy. And so, to be honest, my first thought when he got hurt was just more just him as a person. And the idea that, you know, right now with the pandemic, with what's happening in the country and, and, and having seen a little slice of who he is as a person, you know, you take, it's a little bit like Clay Thompson. You're taking away his passion and you're taking it away for a long time. And and you're robbing him and the Nuggets of what I do think was a legitimate title chance. You know, I know that sounds like maybe a reach, but I mean, I'd, I'd give him 12% odds, you know, something like that. And now I, I do think that's gone. And now I think it's, you know, a, a Utah Clippers, Lakers uh, type landscape and Phoenix, of course, playing really well. So it changes things, and, and, you know, within all that, you got Nikola Jokic, who was my MVP front runner at the moment, and so there's possibly going to be a ripple effect there. You know, how, how you know, is Jokic able to carry these guys and, and keep them playing well, or is it just going to be too much to overcome? Yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult. Uh, the Just uh, simplistic, not knowing their team as well as I, obviously, as I know the Warriors, I would think that maybe Jokic would have to score more now, look to score as, as opposed to look to pass, but... Let's let's move on. We're talking with Sam Amick of the the senior NBA writer for the Athletic and a friend of Warriors Radio. I saw the comments from Mark Cuban about the play-in tournament. He's kind of backing up Luka Doncic on this, backing up his star. Um, you know, I understand that, and I think that's true of any uh, sort of wild card situation in sports. But on the other hand, you know, it's going to keep. A lot of NBA, you know, attention in about six cities that maybe otherwise would be talking about the lottery or the draft. How do you view uh, the play-in tournament? Um, I have to admit it. So I saw the headline, Tim, and I'm a little guilty of. I like, you know, I like Cuban a lot, but he does say a lot of different things. So I, I'm guilty of not diving in on his perspective. What, what? Before I answer, what was his? essentially kind of his stance and, well, you know, beyond yeah. the idea that his team is in the spot it's in. Yeah, I think his stance was basically that, you know, hey, I voted for this, but I really, in retrospect, now think it's a mistake. You know, you play 72 games and, you you know, you could be out in one or two. You make the playoffs, but right. you could be out in one or two. So I think he's really just saying that, hey, you know, um, you know if we're, he said, if we're going to be creative because of COVID, we should go straight up 120 and let the bottom four play in. So I don't know. It's, it's right. I, I think he's just kind of – myself, I think he's just backing up Luka. That's what I think, but okay. Yeah, that could be the case. I mean, I would say in general, in hindsight, it's 2020, and, and you know, it, it's hard to set up the season one way and then pivot at this late hour just because things might have changed. So, I, you know, I, I do understand the imperfections behind it, but this COVID year in general, Tim, I just think has been tougher and more challenging for the players and the teams than the fans realize, than – even a lot of the media realizes. And the part of Cuban's point that I would endorse is that anything that adds games at this point, you know, might be better for the bottom line is not better for the players themselves. Um, we, you know, the Jamal Murray thing in particular, like all injuries, we'll never know. But if you look at a player like that, who gave us all in the bubble had a very quick turnaround into this season uh, was playing games at a higher clip in terms of, you know, how many games per week each team is, is playing right now, you know, more taxing on the body 
And lo and behold, you have this play-in tournament at the end where if you are a team like Dallas, you of course you would rather you know, just kind of get in based on the merits of what you did in the regular season and not have that be in jeopardy uh, because of the play-in tournament. And I just think when we look back at this season and, and really the last couple, once the pandemic hit, I think we'll get more perspective on just, you know, how insane it was to get through it all. And mostly the NBA has gotten it right. But, you know, Michael Malone, the Nuggets coach, hit on it last night. And, and also Gerson Rosas, the, the Timberwolves, head of their front office. You know, you got guys getting up at 8, eight o'clock in the morning to get tested. You got guys getting tested two and three times a day and, and then getting out on the court uh, again at a higher clip. I just think, you know, that it, simplifying things right now would be the way to go. But, I mean, they told the fans that this tournament was part of the program, and, and I don't think you can change it now. Before I let you go, just a, a couple of thoughts on the Eastern Conference. You've got a game and a half that uh, separates five teams from four through eight. Uh, who's going to rise to the top out of that group? And maybe is there anybody in, in the bottom five as of right now that could maybe challenge Philadelphia, Brooklyn, or Milwaukee? You know, I don't – I mean, Miami's going to be the only one where they're – you know, they're standing – currently fifth just doesn't reflect who they are as a team now now it's not good losing Victor Oladipo but you know they were a finals team without Oladipo and as long as they've got the Jimmy Butlers and the Bam Adebayos and Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and those guys to me Miami is is one that has the ability to threaten anybody in the east you know you look at Atlanta and we won't know until playoff time how for real they are they're to me they're such an interesting team because they're incredibly deep, but depth doesn't always equate to dominance. And, you know, chemistry at different times has been seemingly a little tricky with them. But, you know, once Nate McMillan took over and they, uh, they, they ended up deciding to fire Lloyd Pierce, you know, it's gone in a good direction. But I'm not about to, you know, to kind of know what they are as a playoff team just yet. So I think Miami, Boston is, is the one that on paper you're, you would point to. But I think the evidence at this point of them – just not being right, and this roster just not working is is just kind of piled up so high that that I don't believe in the Celtics anymore. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I'm I'm with you on that. I I don't see uh, that they have enough to to really make a run after they, you know, it seems like every year they lost another veteran, you know, off their roster. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. Sam, always a pleasure to uh, chat some NBA with you and and uh, continued success in your career at the Athletic and I'm with you. I can't wait to when we can all get into a you know I'll even take some of the jostling if we have to get into a media scrum once again. Yeah, I'm a little little tired of the Zoom act. <laughs> a little tired of the Zoom act at this point, so. Yeah, I understand and I, I can certainly relate. Look forward to seeing you down the road, Tim. Thank you, man. That's Sam Amick of The Athletic, one of the all-time greats. You can follow him on Twitter at Sam underscore Amick, A-M-I-C-K. And he writes for The Athletic and good stuff. He's got some stuff coming out tomorrow about the Western Conference and what happens now after that uh, unfortunate injury to Jamal Murray. Big news today in Warrior land. The Warriors learned last week of Rick Welts is going to be uh, stepping down at the end of the season, and today they announced the man who will take over his job. He's got big shoes to fill, but he will fill them fine. And that is Brandon Schneider, the new team president and chief operating officer, and he's also not only that, you're a Bay Area guy, you're a Gripple Warriors fan, now you're running the team, but you also work with the team uh, back in the early 2000s, and those of us who were there remember those dark days, and uh, there's a uh, 
I guess, uh, I don't know if it's a scab, but there's a little bit of a scar, I think, on all of us from those days. But we, we got through them and got to better times. Brandon, congratulations and uh, job well done. Thank you very much, Tim. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, we did get through those dark days. I think we all, uh, look, we like what's been happening the last seven, eight, nine years more, but we learned a lot during those years as well. And I think one of the things we all felt at the time was that that this franchise could be what it is today. But it it took the ownership of Joe Lacob and Peter Goober uh, to make that happen. And, and so I guess the challenge now, the challenge that you will face, that we all face uh, working for the Warriors, is to take that worldwide brand, take that basketball success, and try to sustain it. Is is that what you see as maybe your one of the, one of the big tasks that you will have on your plate? Yeah, I think that's well said. Um, and, and look, it's something we'll, we'll tackle um, collectively. You know, you've got Joe Lacob, um, Peter Goober, Bob Myers, you know, Kirk and Larry Harris and Mike Dunleavy and Steve Kerr and the coaching staff and everybody on the basketball side. And, and as we all know, we, we will sign breaking news. We'll sign a really good free agent this summer and getting Clay Thompson back. <laughs> um, you know, yeah. when you get Steph Clay, Draymond, Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, you know, keep going on and on we're gonna have a really good team next year so so you know we have a lot of good years of basketball left um and then for the organization overall tim i think what you said is right on um you know we've had a lot of success over the last several years and the challenge is going to be how how do we sustain that um you know and and, and you think about consistency um you know i think the investment that that joe and peter and the ownership group made in chase center um is going to be critical because you know you look at buildings like madison square garden is one that gets tossed around and you know, the Knicks have been able to sustain um, success um, off the court over the years, even without a good basketball team, because it's such an incredible experience when you go. Everyone wants to go to Madison Square Garden. And so that's that's what we think we've built and hope we've built um, uh, with Chase Center. So there, there's there's a lot, um, a lot that we will talk about and a lot that we will look to do in the coming years. But I think, you know, you, you highlighted the challenge right on. You know, it's funny because, you know, when when – I was traveling with the Warriors in my early days with the franchise. I was always explaining to people on the road where Golden State was. And and I live out, out here. I'm, I'm about 25 minutes from, from Napa, so I'm, I'm way out here. And, and uh, But now if I wear Warrior gear, Brandon, into Napa, foreign tourists will stop me and say, oh, wow, Warriors, love the Warriors. You know, they, they know all about the Warriors. It's fun. So I think, I think uh, Chase Center will get there. At some point, but I wanted you to explain to people, and I've been on these these weekly Zoom meetings with you and and a lot of other folks with the Warriors about how much work has gone in to get ready to have fans back in the building. You guys were talking about this last March, a year ago, March after the season was suspended. There's a lot of people behind the scenes who have done a lot of work to get ready for this. Yeah, that's right. Um, so. You know, I think a lot of people have heard this by now, but, um, you know, one of the degrees Joe Lacob has is in epidemiology. Um, he's a master's in epidemiology. So when this stuff first started, when COVID was – for people to know what it, what, what, what it was yet, people hadn't heard of terms like herd immunity. Back, this is back in early March of 2020. Um, Joe was all over it, talking us through, you know, what – what we had to look for and how, how this thing was going to evolve. And, and nobody knew how it was going to evolve holistically, but he had a sense that, uh, more than, than me and the rest of us um, of how this would go. And so we, we built a task force that we call Operation Dub Nation. Um, and, and we started last April um, in, in thinking about how we were going to get fans um, back in Chase Center safely. 
And that was really our edict was how do we make Chase Center the safest building in, 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 in the world. And, and one of the things that Joe, uh, and again, Joe's leadership deserves a lot of credit here, was talking about testing um, really early on. If we could test and, and, and know that every single person going in Chase Center was negative, COVID-19 negative, we could, we could make it a safe place. And, and look, we still have to do all the other things. We still have to wear masks. Um, we have to talk about physical distancing. You know, we have to think about how we do food and beverage and ingress and egress and all, you know, all those different things. And the building's got to be clean. And we looked at air filtration and all of these things. But Yo-Yo Chan is, is the, the woman on our team that leads Operation Dub Nation. She's done a tremendous job. But it's touched every area of the organization. So we meet, this task force meets every Monday morning for, it used to be an hour and a half, now it's an hour um, with, with Joe Lacobs in the meeting, Rick Welts is in the meeting, two of our other owners that, that are involved in, in various part, parts of the COVID response are involved. There's about 15 of us. And then there's a, a ton of meetings throughout the week where, where we have work groups that are taking what we kind of talk about and say, okay, how do we implement this? So it, st- it started with that task force. And then you've got you know Kim Stone, who's the general manager of Chase Center, and our, our entire operations team that is doing all the, you know, implementing all the testing and all the things that I'm talking about with Operation Dub Nation. But also, you know, all the other things, the, the MERV 15 filters that <laughs> don't ask me to explain exactly <laughs> what that means. But but the, the standard is MERV 13. Chase Center has MERV 15. Uh, that's CDC and NBA standard. So we exceed that. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, and, and I think somebody dubbed us the Purell Palace early on, you know, having the hand sanitizer. But it's, it's the airflow. So we can actually um, change the entire uh, uh, amount of air in Chase Center for outside air almost five times per hour. So it's completely, it's almost like being in an outdoor venue. So, you know, we have advantages because it's a brand new state-of-the-art building, but we've also got an incredible operations team led by Kim that's been out in front of this, you know, making sure we're doing everything we can to make it safe. You know, and then and then you think about yeah. um, Jen Malay and our marketing team and how do we how do we talk to our fans and, you know, the fact that, that everything that we're doing, making it safe. So it, this has touched every single person that works for the Warriors, and we could not be more excited to finally be able to welcome fans back uh, at our next home game on April 23rd. Yeah, no question about it. It's 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 a tremendous all the work that that's being done behind the scenes that nobody will ever know about to make it a better experience. We're talking with Brandon Schneider. He's the new team president and COO of the Golden State Warriors. I'm Tim Roy. It's the Warriors Roundtable. So, Brandon, uh, who was your favorite Warrior growing up? <laughs> well, I'm 41. Um, so, you know, I, I, the first game I ever went to was 19, February 1st, 1987, four overtime games. You probably remember that. We beat the New Jersey Nets 150 to 147. I'll never forget. I, I, was I wasn't here yet. <laughs> well, you, but you, you, were a, you were a fan back in 1987. I was. Yeah, I was a fan back then. I was. So, um, so but, I, wasn't uh, for the end of the game. I wasn't there for the end of the game because I was seven and I had school the next day. So when I was a kid, it was Joe Barry Carroll, Sleepy Floyd. But soon after that, it was Run TMC. Um, so right. I, I would say my I would say my favorite Warriors growing up were probably um, Chris Mullen and probably Tim Hardaway. I was always, you know, one of the shorter kids, so I, I could relate to the point guard and the quickness and the killer crossover. So I, I, I would probably say those two guys. You know, I was mentioning earlier that you and Bob Myers have a lot you can relate to because you both grew up in the Bay Area, you both grew up Warrior fans, and now you're both in in key positions with the franchise. How cool is this for you? Well, I'll give you one more parallel with Bob Myers. We both went to UCLA. Um, he was a few years ahead of me. Oh, that's I right. Was in the bu- yeah, I was in the building in uh, in the 
Seattle Kingdom, 1995, when the Bob Myers-led UCLA Bruins won the national championship um, over the defending champion Arkansas Razorbacks. But I digress. Uh, this this is so cool, uh, Tim. You know, I, I worked for the Warriors for 19 years. This is my, I started when I was 22, my first job out of college. So I've seen, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, uh, you know, Joe, Joe and Peter uh, and the ownership, the new ownership group, I say new, uh, bought the team November of 2010, November 12th, and everything changed. Um, and so, you know, getting to learn from them, learn from Bob Myers, learn from Rick Welts, from Steve Kerr, from all my coworkers, quite honestly, you know, all the different people that I work with throughout the organization that, that I've learned so much from over the years. Uh, and, you know, this has been, you know, it's been special. And we're going to miss Rick. I'll, I'll say a lot more about this. Oh, man. Coming weeks, months, and years. We're all going to miss Rick tremendously as a, as a leader and just as, a, as an incredible guy uh, who's done so much for me and, and all of us. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all surreal right now, Tim. It hasn't, it hasn't all sunk in as I'm reading all the texts and emails and LinkedIn's and Facebook's and, you know, all the different ways people contact you nowadays. But it's, it's been pretty cool. I, I have to tell you this, and it's not just because you're on the line, but it's absolutely true, is that when the ownership was was changed in 2010, as you mentioned, you know, there were there were a lot of people, obviously, in any ownership change. There's some, you know, cleaning of the house and get some new people in and get the people in that they liked. And But there was only there's only a few of us who were left from that change, and you're one of them. And they saw something in you. you know, Joe Lake and Peter Goober saw something in you that they really were impressed with. So congratulations on this, man. You deserve it. You really do. Thank you very much, Tim. Me, you, Raymond Ritter, and, and some others. But, no, I, I really appreciate that. It means a lot. What's your first uh, task at hand? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Take a deep breath. Sit back. You look. I, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is all, this is all happened. You know, I, I got the call from Joe and Peter last Wednesday, so it's been it's been six days, and uh, look, we're going to enjoy the last you know two and a half, hopefully three months, if we can extend our playoff run with Rick Welts. You know, seek, uh, soaking in all the all, all of his knowledge and leadership. And, and then, right. you know, we're working on getting fans back to Chase Center this year safely and then and then thinking about next year. We hope there's – I think we all hope there's light at the end of the COVID tunnel. And so we're really thinking about how we get back to, to the new normal um, for next year. And, and, you know, and then we'll sit yep. with our senior leadership team and with Joe and Peter and continue to chart the course of, of how we're going to continue to innovate and stay ahead of the curve and, you know, continue the, the cutting-edge um, track that we're on. Brandon, always a pleasure to uh, chat with you, and, and uh, congratulations, boss, and and, uh, and and best of luck, though you really don't need it. <laughs> I appreciate that, Tim. I, I appreciate everything you do, and I'll look forward to, uh, to seeing you at Chase Center soon. All right, that's Brandon Schneider, the new team president of the Golden State Warriors, team president and COO. We'll come back with scores and look ahead of the schedule. The Warriors on the road here on 95.7 The Game. Is holding court. Pun intended. Join me in my court of Camelot. At the Warriors Roundtable on 95.7. The game. Now back to Warriors Box. It's good! Tim Roy. The shot clock is at six. To the left wing. Reggie, four, three. Uh, 
Well, that was uh, Bobby Slick Leonard, the longtime color commentator on Pacers Radio, a great coach in the ABA, and helped establish pro basketball in Indianapolis. Has passed away, passed away yesterday at a, the age of 88. Got his name Slick Leonard from George Mikan in a late night gin rummy game with the Minneapolis Lakers, and uh, just a great ambassador for basketball in the state of Indiana. Let's move on and get to our Kaiser Permanente scoreboard. We start off with a game that was rescheduled because of the unfortunate uh, slaying of another black man in, in Minnesota. And in this game, the Brooklyn Nets were in town, and Landry Shamit was dialing it up. Harris down the lane, kick it to Shamit, open in the left corner this time, and a three is good for Landry Shamit. Shooters understand each other, right? And Joe Harris was penetrating and knew that Landry Shamit was going to slide to the open area, and he got it to him. 11 for Shamit, his third three. Nets by 24. And they would win by 31, 27, 97 over the Timberwolves. Nets are 37 and 17. While the Indiana Pacers are hosting the L.A. Clippers, and this happened. Indiana by two with a ball right to left in yellow on the drive in the lane. Right to left with a left-hand finish on an up and under. That's T.J. McConnell. He scored seven. How many times does he do that before the other teams recognize that that is his trademark? He stole an inbound pass and laid it in. Boy, if I show up in a bar every night at 7 o'clock, why are they surprised the next night I show up at the bar at 7 o'clock? Isn't that what this is? That's exactly what this is. But the L.A. Clippers were coming back in the second half. 589 L.A. 20 for Marcus Morris Sr. Marcus Morris with a bucket there. And the Clippers right now lead 123 to 111. 58 seconds to go in that one. The Atlanta Hawks are... On the road, they were winning tonight. Now a little pressure in the backcourt from Brandon Goodwin against Malachi Flynn. Flynn gets it across. Over there they go now to Ananubi. Ananubi trying to drive, throws it back out, and it's stolen. Brandon Goodwin has it. Here comes Brandon. He's going to take it underneath to Kevin Herter. Left corner bogey, three-pointer bogey. He's got another one. Bogey Bogdanovich knocks down the three, and Toronto's going to need a timeout. Hawks have taken an 11-point lead. Timeout on the floor. Hawks with a win tonight, 107 to 103 over the Raptors, 29 and 25 on the season. L.A. Lakers and the Charlotte Hornets. Actually, that was a 108-103 final, not 107. That was a little behind on the scorecard. 7:35 to go fourth quarter. L.A. Lakers 84, the Charlotte Hornets 75. Oklahoma City is in Salt Lake City. The Jazz lead 42-41, 5:19 to go before the break. A couple of good ball games with later starts. The Miami Heat are in Phoenix, and the Boston Celtics are in Portland to take on the Trailblazers. Well, the Warriors head on the road and tomorrow night they uh, take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ladies and gentlemen, Moses Brown. Looking for a lane, sends it down to Moses Brown and that'll be an and one. Now he got this one right. This went straight down the middle and bent the rim, folks. That's what he does. He does a lot of that. He's actually really good at bending the rim. Five, uh, 5.30 with the pregame show, 6 o'clock with the tip, the Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunders, and that starts the, the road trip. Uh, the second night of the road trip will be in Cleveland as Colin Sexton tried to take a step forward in his career. Sexton steps back, three. There's another one! Colin Sexton! An absolutely incredible display! of long-range shooting, Cavs by 11, 142-131. Warriors and Cavs, again, 4.30 airtime, 5 o'clock with the tip of different time in each game of the road trip, including in Boston. Robert Williams finds Tatum coming back door for a two-hand slam, and there's the first 50-point game for Jason Tatum in his career. 
Does he get 60 in this game? He may have to. 126-124. Boston scores first in the overtime. And Boston, of course, is Saturday. That's a 5.30 tip, 5 o'clock airtime. And then on a Monday night. Danny Green looking, goes into Embiid. Embiid has it against Achua. He shoots the top of the key shot. Up and good. With three seconds to go, Embiid ties the game at 120. That's Tom McGinnis on the Sixers Radio Network. 4.30 with a tip, 4 o'clock start on Monday, Warriors and the Sixers. Thank you, Brandon Schneider, the new Warriors team president. Also thanking Sam Amick of the Athletic. R.C. Davis is the producer. Craig at the controls. Coming up next, the final word. And, of course, tonight, Whitey Gleason stepping in for John Dickinson. So it's Whitey and Ryan Covey. And what is your favorite Steph moment? That's coming your way next right here on your home for Golden State Warriors basketball, 95-7, the game.